0: And we're, thank you for leading us. Good morning, Central Christian College. I'm so excited to be with you for a couple of days. I wanted to tell you just a little bit about myself before I share the word for this morning. Um, I'm Suji Alvarez. I'm Korean-Canadian-American married to a Mexican-American. Any Korean-Canadians in here? Yes, <laughs> I any Asian-American any Asian or Asian-Asian in here? Yes, there's that 1% I saw on the census data, 1% Asian-American in Kansas. But here's the thing. My husband is Mexican-American. We have two kids. Our son is 15 and our daughter's 13. And we have a dog we just adopted back in May. So there's a lot of puppy pee and dog hair all over the house. It's great. It's a lot of fun. But I am so excited to be here with you. And as I was thinking about uh, what to bring and what to share with this group this morning, I want you to know that, first of all, I wasn't always a pastor. I wasn't always uh, old. (laughs) At one time, I was a college student myself. There was a time when I wasn't following after God. I wasn't a Christ follower. I was always Asian. I was always Korean. But there was a time I felt like, what would I say to my younger self? What would I say to the college version of Suji if I could say something to her? And I, as I was praying about this, I felt like God wanted me to say that Jesus is and I know that's the theme we've been in this pastor Jesus is blank. I want you to know that Jesus is the God of the broken. He is the God of the broken. He's not the God of the perfect. He's not the God of uh, goody-two-shoes. He is the God of broken. And the reason why I bring you that news this morning is because it's actually good news. See, when I became a Christ follower when I was 15 and I gave my life to the Lord, and I'd been going to church since I was 10, so for five years I'd been attending this church, and I had this perception of God. I thought that God was displeased with me. I thought that God was a judge. I thought that you had to be a perfect rule follower in order to please God. I didn't understand that our God is the God of the broken. He loves us because of our brokenness, because of our humanity, because of our hurt, and because of our pain. And so over the next few uh, sessions together, I want to share with you three stories of very broken people from the Bible this morning, I want to share with you the story of a criminal. This is the thief that was condemned to die on the cross on one side of Jesus. So this criminal, we don't know what he did. We don't know, you know, who he robbed. But he did something terrible enough that they, they decided to crucify him and give him the death, the ultimate death, which was to die on a cross. So this criminal, we don't know if he stole money, objects, Maybe today it would be somebody that steals uh, personal information like identity fraud. That's a really big thing. Maybe today he's somebody that steals attention, steals attention from other people. He's got to be the MVP of the team, and nobody else can be the hero and stand in that spotlight. Maybe it's somebody that steals joy from other people. Maybe it's a girl that just continues to steal joy because of or jealousy, or her own pain. So whatever those things are that this person is stealing from others, I can identify, sorry, touch my mic. I won't do that again. <laughs> I won't do that. I can identify with this person. So maybe you're not a criminal, I don't know. You know what, when I was 12 years old, I did, I actually stole some makeup from the drugstore. And at that time, it was in the 80s, so it was bright pink blush which looked really good with my bright blue eyeshadow. And nobody arrested me, nobody knew. Even if I had been caught, I probably would not have been arrested. But here's the thing is maybe some of us in this room feel like we've done much worse than that. Whatever those things are. And the good news is he really is the God of the broken. He desires to be with you, to be present with you, to be able to heal and restore and breathe new life into you. And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of um, this show, Hoarders. I don't know if you've ever seen this show. It's like a fascinating show. And there's these people that um, they just have this incredible connection to these objects. And a lot of times these objects might be useless. They might even be garbage. They might be trash. But there is such a deep connection to this, the material possessions that these hoarders cannot let go. And so their houses and their hallways and their stairwells begin to get cluttered and filled up with all of these things. And that, that, that part really speaks to me, too. I'm not a hoarder, but I like to shop. I like to get some good stuff there, order that stuff on Amazon. That Amazon card is always full. I've got my shopping list, my different ones of what I want to get from myself, for my family, for my loved ones. And so, this idea that once again, there, there's just something here that I hope connects to you. And I want to get into the word. So, if you want to go with me to the Bible, we're going to go to Luke uh, chapter 23, which describes this criminal on the cross on one side of Jesus. And it's interesting because in Luke 23, verse 39, one of the criminals who hung there, he hurled insults at Jesus and he said to him, Aren't You, the Messiah, save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, Don't you fear God? He said, Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom and Jesus answers him, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Here is this criminal sentenced to die in the, in the final hours of his life, even when the world wants to attack him and crucify him. He encounters Jesus, and Jesus gives him forgiveness, gives him hope, gives him a, a second chance. So even when the world wants to crucify you, God wants to save you. God wants to redeem you. Even if everyone around you has lost hope in you, God still believes in you, Central Christian. He does. You may have lost hope for yourself. You may not believe in yourself. But this is what I know about God. He truly is the God of the broken. He believes in us, even despite of our faults and despite of our pain. And some of you need to hear this, that you are worthy of a second chance, that you are worthy of life, that you are worthy of hope. And so this idea that if you've messed up so badly that there is no coming back, I want you to know that that is a lie from the enemy, from the pit of hell, that Jesus encounters this criminal no matter what he's done and gives him this chance to be with him, to be in this presence. So Central, I want you to hear that even if you feel like you deserve to die, God is saying that he is here to give you new life, that he is here to give you life to the full, to give you hope, to give you joy, that even in the world wants to see you nailed to a cross and wants to attack you, that God says that he believes in you and that he is truly the God of the broken. So maybe you can't relate to this specific story. Maybe you've lived a good life your whole life, and besides stealing you know, uh, some drugstore makeup, maybe you really haven't done anything that bad. And so here's the bad news. The bad news is that we're all broken, okay, all of us, all together, collectively, in this space. But the good news is that God loves broken people. He really is the God of the broken, and not only the God of the perfect. And I, I've been praying for this campus and my family's been praying for you that this would become a safe space of healing for people to come in safety and begin to get to a place where they can begin to give up their broken things to God. We are all broken. We are all in need of a loving and of a gracious God. And there's something about our brokenness that God is drawn to. There's something about our pain, about our defects, about the things that we keep hidden inside of us that God longs to run to and to encounter, and he actually reaches out to us in our brokenness. Psalm 34, verses 18 through 20, one of my favorite uh, passages from the book of Psalm, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And he protects all of his bones. Not one of them will be broken. So have you ever thought that maybe it's your pain, maybe it's your brokenness, that is the way that God is leading you back to him? Have you ever thought that that might be the doorway that God has opened for you in your life? in order for you to encounter him, in order for you to admit that you finally need a God and a Savior to redeem you. So if you are in need of healing, if you are crushed in spirit, if you are brokenhearted, like the psalm says, God wants to encounter you today. And here's the main idea that I want to leave with you with over the next couple of days. It's this. If you focus on your hurt, you will get stuck and you will suffer. But if you focus on the hope that the Lord gives, you will experience new life, you will experience freedom. I wanna encourage you to take a chance. See, here's the thing, I loved that last song that we sang about oceans, about following God into the great unknown, deep mysteries of the sea. And somebody once said to me, he said, Suji, don't take baby steps unless you're a baby. I said, you know what? You just straight up tried to call me a baby. I'm not a baby. And so I want to encourage you college students this morning, don't take baby steps unless you're a baby. Dive in. Jump in to the scary ocean and feel and see what God will do when you take a chance on him. Because the reality is this. If you jump in and if I'm wrong, you haven't lost anything. But when you jump in, if there's a chance that I could be right and that the word of God could be right, there is a chance that you will encounter God and he will make himself real to you. Here's the other bad news. Our relationships are broken. Jesus died to not only save us and to reconcile us back to God, but in order to reconcile us back to each other. It's a perfect picture of the cross. We know that the cross is both horizontal, it's both uh, vertical and horizontal, and it's that perfect image of how God desires to heal our relationships. He desires to not only heal us, but to heal those relationships that have been broken, that are dead. So it's about learning how to allow God to heal those things that have caused you and a person or a people group to become broken and to divided to learn how to love and not hate, to learn how to forgive and not be stuck in resentment and bitterness and anger and pain. And I know the pain that you've experienced because it's a pain that unfortunately I've felt in my life. It wasn't that long ago that I was a young person and not knowing who I was, my identity, what I was called to do, all the pressures that came, with trying to figure that out. You know, all the things that are part of your world today, I know that they are exponentially greater and harder for you to navigate, for you to discover, for you to understand. But I want you to remember this again, that if you focus on your hurt, you will continue to suffer. But if you focus on the hope that God has for you, you will begin to find light. life. You will begin to understand the ways that he is the God of the broken, that he understands your being. He was a man of suffering. So as I was thinking about this message, the image that came to me was of a mosaic art piece. You know, this is a piece of art that is made up of little broken pieces, maybe glass, maybe tile, whatever it's made up of. And it's put together in a way that it turns into this beautiful masterpiece this amazing work of art, this symbol, this structure that is a symbol of God's goodness for the world. And I I love this picture of a heart because I really believe that God's heart breaks for his world. God's heart breaks for his creation. God's heart breaks for his children, for his sons, for his daughters. And this brokenness that we've all experienced together, it continues to impact us. There's a ripple effect that goes out and impacts others around him. He is familiar with suffering, but here's the good news out of 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9. It says that we might be hard-pressed on each side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. We might be struck down, but we are not destroyed. And I'm believing that prayer for you this morning that we might face all kinds of pain, of disappointment, of temptation, of trials, of addiction, of things that continue to tear apart at who we are, but to know this, that God has our suffering in mind, that he cares. A lot of times we have this idea that God has turned his back on the world, that he doesn't care. And that brings me to my next point, that our world is broken. It really is messed up. I know we know this. We understand that there are systems that are unjust. We understand that there is hatred and racism. We understand that there is, you know, rise in uh, mass shootings and violence. We understand that this world is full of so much pain, and sometimes it gets to be too much, and we, we even think about just ending our own lives in order to just cut off the pain that we are experiencing today. And yeah, that's bad news that our world is broken, but I believe that God has the ability to give us hope because Jesus didn't just focus on the hurt in his life. He didn't live a perfect life. But instead of focusing on the hurt, he continued to focus on the hope, and he understood that even though that meant he would be sentenced to death on a cross, that he did that for you and for me because of the new life that he wanted us to experience. He understood he was a man of suffering. 1 Peter 2.21, and I want to read this out of the message translation, says this, that this is the kind of life you've been invited into, the kind of life that Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way, so that you would know that it could be done, and also know how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong, not once did he say anything amiss. They called him every name in the book, and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right, and he used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so that we could be rid of sin and free to live in the right way. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you were going, but now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your soul. So here's the great news that even though Jesus was a wounded healer, he identifies and understands our pain, our suffering. He really does. He understands that There is this suffering that is happening in humanity. And you know what? The reality is this. Life with Christ does involve suffering. It's not going to be a happy-go-lucky, perfect life. It might be a hard life. But here's the thing is for many years we've tried to sell Christianity as this bless-me, feel-good type of uh, theology, but, but we often leave out the truth that life still comes at you and that even though you might change, Your environment, your world, your relationships, they might not change. But that doesn't mean that God is done. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that that is your final reality. So entrust your life to God. Give him a chance, central Christian. Give him a chance to be God in your life and to see what he will do if only you can learn how to trust God the Father, with your suffering. Let God care for you. Understand that often in our distress and in our pain, we figure out ways to cope and manage it ourselves. But There is nothing that we can do to completely fix the brokenness that is in us. Only the great creator, the one who created you, has the ability to put you back together again. It reminds me of Legos. I don't know if some of you still play with Legos. But now there's like, I see that hand. Amen, I see that hand. Legos today are very different. When I used to build Legos, you had to be, you know, what's it called, a Lego wizard master? You would make up your own formation of houses and people. But nowadays, there's these intricate designs and patterns and replications of famous monuments and uh, famous creatures or these, you know, crazy uh, buildings. And it takes a lot of work, and my son has all of these Lego collections. And he can't put them together unless he has the instructions, right? There's detailed instructions saying that this piece goes in here, and this tiny piece goes over here. And this idea that we can put ourselves back together, yeah, we can kind of patch things up, make things work. But God is the only one. He is the only one who knows how to take all of those little pieces and how to place them back in the correct place in order for you to be made whole again. And I really believe that this morning, Central, that he understands the pain, the suffering. Philippians 3:10-11 says, I want to know Christ. Yes, know the power of his resurrection. Participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to get to that verse because nobody in their right mind is going to want to know Christ in this way and to share in his suffering. But the last part of that passage says, to attain the resurrection from the dead, to experience life that comes out of the pain and out of the brokenness. So I want to leave you with this, that once again, if you focus on your hurt, you will continue to suffer. Focus on the hope that God gives us. Understand that he wants you to experience new life even after a situation that might seem dead and impossible because he is the God of the broken. And as we close this morning, I want us to watch this short video in order to really allow God to speak deeply into our hearts So as we watch this video, I encourage you once again, don't take baby steps unless you're a baby. Open yourself up and see what God would say to you. So would you pray with me before you head out to your next class? God, we thank you that you see beauty in our brokenness. And so this morning I pray that as we leave, as we go to our next class, as we go to lunch, That God, we would still continue to encounter You in the midst of our in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our trials, Lord. That we wouldn't believe the lie of the enemy that You don't care and that You turned Your back on us. Help us to understand, God, that You rush to us, that You pursue us, that You long for us, Lord. That even in our brokenness, that You sit right there beside us, waiting to out. So God, I pray that your overwhelming love, compassion, grace, presence, and Holy Spirit will go out with each and every one of these students, Lord, as they go throughout their day. We thank you, Lord, and we love you, This in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.